I was watching some of you. It just sounds like I'm a like I'm a peeping tom or something. I'm not. But while 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 the video is going on, I, I saw some of this. I'm thinking, man, it was a long trip. <laughs> it was a long trip. So I feel a little uh, intimidated. But we're going to jump in. Hey, if you don't know me, my name is Brian. If you have your Bibles, uh, go ahead and turn to Daniel chapter one. If you don't, uh, we're still going to be there. Um, I <laughs> I spoke to your eighth graders last week, and I threw out the question. I didn't think anybody would get it. I said, hey, uh, guess, because uh, I'm, I'm an alum of Western. I said, hey, why don't you guess, when do you think I graduated? This eighth grade girl, first shot, nailed it. And I went, but it was almost like there was this gasp. So I, and she said, 1992. And then it's kind of like, was there a 1992? Like, how far, like, how old are you? Are you going to die on stage? It was kind of like that look at me. And I thought, oh, well, maybe. You never know. You would never forget camp, right? Hey, how was camp? Oh, the music was good. The worship was, the worship was good. The food was good. The dude died. But other than that, it was great. In fact, it was better because we didn't have to worry about a speaker. So don't pray for my death. Um, Daniel chapter 1 is where we're going to look. Followers of Jesus, let me ask you a question. Do you ever feel like you don't fit in? Maybe this. Do you find yourself trying to? Well, this is what the culture does, and this is how they act, and this is what they do, and... You live your truth. I'll live my truth. Friends, when we start to buy into that, can you imagine if every single person on the planet lived their own truth? You do what you do. I do what I do. Don't tell me what's wrong. Don't tell me it's right. Just do, just do your stuff. You just live your life. Guys, the only thing that comes from that is anarchy. Nothing productive. Nothing helpful. So followers of Jesus, do you ever feel like you don't fit in? I know we're looking at a book that's a couple thousand years old, and we're looking at a story that's even older than that. Guys, I don't believe that there's a book in the Bible more applicable to what we're looking at and dealing with than the book of Daniel. That is, we look at the book of Daniel and we read about these stories of these young guys, that they're about your age as they're going through all this. Guys, I want you to just pay attention. For those of you, who's, who's been brought up in the church your whole life? Raise your hand. Just so I know, okay, good. It's like halfway back. It's like, get, on the next question, get like a charismatic, okay? How many of you have gone to Christian school pretty much your whole life? Right? So here's the thing, guys. I did too. And you'll go to chapel or you'll go to camp. It's like, why? Well, I heard that one. I already know that story. I know that story, Danny. I know that story. I know that story. Someone will bring up a passage. I've already heard that passage. Guys, here's the danger when you feel like you know it all. You forget that you're supposed to worship the one who truly does. And the way that God wants to speak and take us into his word deeper and deeper and deeper and to teach us new things, even if it's the same passage. So here's what I'm asking. Give God the rest of this week up here, up until Thursday. If you're a follower of Jesus, give him a week to take, to take you deeper. For those of you who aren't, and some of you say, Brian, this is a Christian school. You know we're all Christians. Okay. Guys, just going to a Christian school doesn't make you a follower of Jesus. And some of you, honestly, and I hope that you know my heart as I say some of these things. I made a commitment a long time ago to Jesus. I'll preach your truth, and I'll try to drench it in grace, but I'm going to show love and respect to whoever it is that you call me to preach to by telling the truth. And for some of you, you actually think that you're rebelling by doing what the majority is doing. I read a statistic that your generation, a little bit older, the younger generation, about 10% of your age group are followers of Jesus in our nation. About 10%, one out of 10. And so for those that think you're rebelling, you're just kind of, 
You're just kind of diving into what everybody else is doing. What I'm asking you to do is open your mind for just a little bit for the next few times that we're together in chapel and decide as you pray through. It's like, I don't pray. Try. Give God the rest of this week. And as you do, he might just show you that the worldview that we see around us, guys, it just doesn't make sense. There's too many gaps. But I also want you to know this. Those of you that don't know Jesus, followers of Jesus are not at war against you. We're at war for you. Like we want you to come to Christ for you were created to have a relationship with him. So let's pray before we jump in. We're Daniel chapter one, just the first few verses. But let's pray together, shall we? Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks for a time to be up here, to get away from the norm. God, I thank you for an opportunity to worship, to praise you, to look into your word, to be reminded of things I've heard, to, be, to, to take us deeper, to be convicted of what we need to confess and deal with, the sin, that's deal, the, 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 sin that's, the sin that is kind of keeping us, God, it's keeping us from experience what you want us to experience. It's our rebellion against you. God, you want to free us. So Holy Spirit, I thank you that it's your job to transform and change lives. God, keep us attentive. God, help us to be humble to receive and teachable. God, teach as only you can. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone who agrees says, amen. Chapter 1, verse 1. In the year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the vessels of the house of God. And he brought them to the land of Shinar, to the house of his God, and placed the vessels in the treasury of his God. Question for you. You ever feel like God abandoned you? Be honest. Think about it. You prayed, and it didn't happen. You prayed hard, and they still died. You've been told that God will always be there for you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. That God is all-powerful and good and great. And yet all of a sudden you find yourself not where you thought you would be in life. Guys, you ever notice that crises never ask if it's a good time to interrupt? The circumstances that you face that are difficult. By a show of hands, if I say the word regret, everyone in the room, older and younger, if I say the word regret, how many of you sit there and go, if I could take back that one thing? Whenever I think the word regret, it's like that one thing, it just kind of haunts you. Four of you, the rest of you are doing really well. Well done. Guys, if you ever find yourself where you didn't think you would be, realize that God is still there. But in this one, God gave them over. You know why? Because for a few hundred years, God had been warning them, you're living in rebellion. Like you're sinning against me and for some it's like, well, it's not that big of a deal. People should be able to believe whatever they want to believe. And honestly, we have the freedom to do that. But friends, when it starts to impact others, do you realize that the people of Israel who are called to just worship God, don't worship false, false idols, false gods, there's no other God except their own. Do you realize that, there were, that, that, that it became normal for the people of Israel to worship this idol, a false God of the people that were around them to just do what everybody else is doing, and this false god, this is how you worshipped it. The idol had his hands out like this. And then you would heat up the idol until it was glowing. And then in worship 
to this false god, you would take your baby and lay it into the hands of this idol and watch it burn to death. And so when people say, it doesn't matter what you believe, so long as people believe and they're good and nice, friends, babies died because of false beliefs. And God is the one who said, I abhor this. I hate this practice. And he told us people, do not do this. And what did they do? Exactly what he said not to. Guys, that was one of the things. They rebelled constantly. He would send the prophets. They wouldn't listen. He'd send prophets. They wouldn't listen. He kept sending prophets. Guys, the prophet Jeremiah preached for about 50 years and never saw one person repent. Everyone hated him for it. But he came and he preached the truth. The Lord gave them over. Guys, that's a hard verse, isn't it? Guys, in that day, if a nation goes in to defeats another nation, the nation that won had a belief, our God is stronger than yours. Our God is mightier than yours. Think about it. God made himself look like a loser. Why? What's the ultimate purpose behind it? Just because he's ticked and thrown a tantrum? No, friends, as we continue to go through the passage in the book of Daniel, and other passages that go with it, you'll realize the heart of God, that God wanted his people back. And so God had to hand them over, discipline them and punish them because of their rebellion. Verse 3, then the king commanded Ashpenaz, that's my, that's my firstborn's name, I'm just joking, I couldn't get it out. His chief eunuch to bring some of the people of Israel, both of the royal family and of the nobility, used without blemish, of good appearance and skillful in all wisdom, endowed with knowledge, understanding, learning, and competent to stand in the king's palace and to teach them the literature and language of the Chaldeans. In other words, they just picked the best. Friends, I've been working in church for a long time. And I've watched this culture of Christians it's almost like, hey, let's find the, let's find the celebrities who, who are Christians, and then we can use them to tell everyone how cool it is to be a Christian, and then everyone will want Jesus. Gosh, that works all the time. And then the other side's like, well, this Christian, they used to be a Christian, and they gave up, and now listen to what they say, and this proves my side. Guys, I just want us to get to this point, that we don't need anyone else to convince us about Jesus except Jesus. Like, I just want us to love Jesus as much as possible. It's just about him. Friends, I know this sounds like I'm a heretic. Christianity is not worth it. Jesus is. It's all about him. You take him out of Christianity, what's the point? Guys, if it's just about a belief system, why would we give our lives up for a belief system? But when it's a person... And we realize that that person gave himself up for us? Oh, friends, now all of a sudden it's personal. Now it's like, it's about him. I love him. He loves me. We're in deep relationship with each other. Guys, what they did is they picked the best. They took them back to Babylon. The people of Israel, they're being killed. They're being slaughtered. Take the best back. Leave kind of an exile there. But let's take them back. Let's bring them into exile. Bring them to Babylon. And then they had a plan of what it is that they were going to do. Verse 5. Actually, verse 4. Let's go back to that. Competent to stay in the king's palace, to teach them the literature and the language of the Chaldeans. In other words, this changed the way that they think. 
and this changed the things that they read, and this changed the way that they talk, and this changed the, changed the, changed the. Guys, there's a whole culture. Does anybody have one of these? You ever notice how much time is on it? It's like we can't do anything. It's like we can be sitting around going, guys, I gotta go to the bathroom. I gotta get my app out for that. I can't pee unless I open the app. And then honestly, guys, we go to the bathroom and it takes us a lot longer to go to the bathroom because we have toilet time. You open the phone, it's like, I'm just checking my email. Please don't post a video from there, ever. Nobody wants to see that. Or do they? Guys, there's so much weird stuff. There's so much weird stuff, and people are making millions of dollars. It's like, if I could go viral, I'll do anything it takes so that I can become this, and then people will listen to my message, and if they listen to my message, and people like me more, and double tap, double tap, like that, like that, like that. Guys, how many of you struggle, and you don't have to raise your hands on this because this is personal, how many of you struggle if you don't get enough likes on something that you post, then you're not validated as a human? Guys, I only speak from experience. Guys, I used to have all the social media stuff. Like when Twitter came out, I didn't understand it. I feel like it's just a way for us to kind of go back into elementary school days and fight with each other in 160 characters. And we put each other's down and we tell things, we tell all these things. It's like, this is my life. And you ever notice when you, if you don't know that somebody posted, say they're going through a really hard time and you didn't see the post, and all of a sudden they go, why didn't you know what was going on? I posted about it. Oh, I'm so sorry. It used to be just tell the person in person. Like in, just tell them face to face. Guys, I used to be that pastor. I'd go speak in places, and then I would take the picture, like from the back, because I wanted to pretend like I was humble. Because if you do it up front, people are like, ah, oh, I see that. I see what you do. Oh, I would never do that. So let's do it from the back. But let's change the angle. So it looks like there's 7,000 people. Hands up, we're having this experience, and there's like 17. I'm like, I'm amazing. And then you post something, humbled to be here. Oh, humbled to be here. Oh, God, use. Oh, I pray that God would use me. People, will you pray for me? And people are like, oh, God's going to use you. And all of a sudden, I check, double tap, double tap, Instagram, double tap, boom, boom, like, like, like. Oh, I had to hit 100. But didn't hit 100, I suck. When I hit 100, for some reason, I felt validated. Isn't it weird? I needed the world to see it. I needed to make sure I posted it, and I felt justified because it was God's work, except that Jesus said, don't let your right hand know what your left hand's doing. Oh, dang. I remember having a quiet time with the Lord. It was just me and him just in my office, and I was just reading and spending time in prayer, and honestly, I get to this point in Romans chapter 2. Paraphrase, it says something like this, and God will give you his praises. I was looking for the praises of people, so I felt validated for doing the work of God. And I felt in the, in the passage, and God will give you his praises. I'm like, what? God will give me his praises. And here's the thought that came to my mind. Hey, stop prostituting my people for your quick fix of pleasure. I went, oh, crud. My wife was getting ready, and I was just sitting there. So I run into her, I run into our bedroom, and I go, babe, God just called me a pimp. And then I ran back. I didn't, I didn't even explain it. I was like, God just called me a pimp. And I ran back. In my, Can you imagine living with me? It's like a squirrel. Oh, squirrel. It's like I just went nuts. I can you, okay, have a good morning. It's like, I don't, how do you respond to that? I got back in my office and I just said, God, I'm so sorry. Guys, there was no question. It wasn't like, well, I disagree. 
I disagree. You gave people to encourage, and it had nothing to do with me helping them. It had everything to do with me needing validation. In other words, it was my identity. God called me out on it, and that moment, I just got rid of it all. And who knew? I'm alive. I can breathe. My brain works, mostly. Like, I feel like I'm okay. I have time. My boys don't think that my name is Apple because I'm just looking at it. Oh, yeah, you're doing a great job. <laughs> Guys, I needed the validation because I didn't know who I was. Do you? What about you? Do you struggle with it? Is it a constant need? Guys, there might be a problem. Have you ever had this? Your phone buzzes in your pocket and you go to reach and realize that it's not there. It's like, you're like, oh, there it is. Oh, I don't have it. Guys, that might be a problem. We just jump on it to say, who am I? Who am I? And followers of Jesus, we look to see who I am. Like, who am I, God? And we forget to ask the question or look at the idea of whose I am. Like, I belong to the creator. I belong to him. Brian, I want to make an impact. Beautiful. Guys, do you really think that when David wrote the Psalms, he's sitting there going, one day, this is going to be read by millions. As he's sitting there watching sheep, he's like, this, I know Psalm 23, that's going to be the one. And they're going to read it at every funeral. And they're going to remember me. This is my legacy. And God's like, really? Is that how it works? I've got to make a name for myself. I've got to do, because everybody else is doing it. What if we just like, God, I want to be faithful to you, and you decide if there's a legacy. God, it's up to you. Who cares? Who cares about the name of Brian? Unless your name's Brian. I'm so sorry, but that's me. Who cares? We leave it all to God. It's like, God, I just want to be faithful in my time. They made them read their literature. They learned their language. Verse 5, the king assigned them a daily portion of the food that the king ate and of the wine that he drank. They were to be educated for three years, and at the end of that time, they were to stand before the king. And among these were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Among the, um, I'm sorry, Azariah of the tribe of Judah, verse 7. And the chief of the eunuchs gave them names. Daniel he called Belteshazzar. Hananiah he called Shadrach. Mishael he called Meshach. And Azariah he called Abednego. Guys, you realize that each of those names has a connection or a meaning that goes back to Yahweh, goes back to God. Daniel's name means God is my judge. Hananiah means whom Jehovah hath favored. Here's a question for you. Show of hands, charismatic style, not halfway Baptist. Ready? How many believe without a shout it out that God loves you? Loves you. Up, not this. Up, up, up. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now put them down. How many believe without a shout it out that God likes you? All of a sudden, your arm got really heavy. You're like, what do you mean by like? Do you mean like or like, 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 like? What do you mean? What? What? It's almost like God loves us, but he's just putting up with us. Guys, if all of a sudden he calls the people who were rebellious against him, he calls them his treasured possession. Guys, you realize in Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17, and trust me, that's a book in the Bible. Chapter 3, verse 17, it says this, that God sings a happy song over you. Guys, that's mind-blowing. 
Guys, he loves us, yes, but he enjoys us. Guys, do you realize you can please him? Do you realize he wants to walk with you and enjoy you and you be enjoyed by him? That it's not just this distant love affair, don't get too close, because I'm not sure if he likes me today. Guys, he's enamored with us. Loves, likes, enjoys, laughs, plays with us. Has anyone ever felt, you ever felt punked by God? He just plays a joke on you just because he can? Guys, I'm convinced he does it all the time. You know that most embarrassing moment that happened to you? Isn't that one of the most awkward questions? What is the most embarrassing thing that ever happened to you? And for some of you, like, um, that's why I don't, that's why I don't feel good about myself. And you're like, tell it anyway. <laughs> so here's the thing. I remember I was driving, and it might have been to your school a long time ago, Upland Campus, and I was up early, I got breakfast, and I was driving, I was I had <laughs> I had the window down a little bit, and then I had a little something in my throat. I'm not gonna tell, I'm not gonna go to explanation, but it's pretty thick, and so I need to get rid of it. So I rolled the window all the way down. There's a large window right next to me. And I hocked that thing out. No joke. It didn't go through the opening. It went right up to the frame of the window and dangled. I'm going 45-ish. 45-ish miles an hour, and that thing is just flowing in the wind. No joke. And I'm just looking going, what the... And so I'm thinking at some point it'll go, but it's not going anywhere. It's like it became a person. It's like, I love this. This is great. (laughs) That's what it felt like. And then I'm freaking out. Like, what if it hits me back in the face? Now you can sit there and go, why didn't you just pull over? I was like, ah, not the sharpest tack in the box. Then I was afraid. What if a motor cop is is on my side? What if it nails him in the face? I don't think, made his mustache all wet. Like, I don't, like, what is it? So I'm like, what do I do? This is, this is what I did. Guys, this is who Hume brought in for you. They're desperate. I just went like this. I'm like, <sighs> then it's all over my hand. And then I wiped it on the floor of my car. And these are the words. Guys, I said this. I was like, God, that is not funny. And some of you sit there and go, that wasn't God. And I would, I would challenge you with this as lovingly as I can. Maybe that's why your faith is so boring. Because you don't play with him. And you don't think he plays with you. you don't, guys, where did we come up with the concept of play? Did we come up with it? God's in heaven being all serious and Adam shows up. God, let me teach you something. Let me teach you this thing. I'm going to call it fun. Oh, I never thought of that one. He whom the Lord favors. Guys, think about it. Followers of Jesus, how would your life look different if you actually believed it? How would, you, how would your life look different if you actually believed that you were the favored of God? Guys, if you've been around the church for a while, in the book of John, John refers to himself a few times as the, the disciple whom Jesus loved. I'm like, oh, you're playing favorites. Like, and he's referring to himself. I'm like, what a punk. He's like, oh, the disciple whom Jesus loved. Favorite, teacher's pet, that's me. And I thought, what a jerk for a long time. Until I believe the Holy Spirit reminded me. He's like, what would your life look like, Brian, if you actually believed that you were the disciple that I loved? Guys, what if we actually lived in the identity that Jesus gives us? I wouldn't need the double tap thanks or the the thumbs up or the, I wouldn't need anything if I just knew how I'm loved and liked by Jesus. 
He wants to play. He wants to have fun. Guys, when you go out tomorrow and you're doing all these things and you have all these activities that you can be part of, please don't picture that Jesus is just waiting here in chapel. I'm so bored. They're going to come back, right? Because I know they're out there playing, but I'm not allowed to leave. Guys, you're... I bring this up often, and so if you've heard it, please pretend like you did, and it makes me feel better about myself. But, guys, you ever just laugh and love it? Like, you've just laughed so hard, and you're like, yeah. And then all of a sudden, you laugh so hard, it feels like something's trying to escape. It's like, what the? Oh. And then all of a sudden, it's like your stomach is like, it's like torture, right? I mean, you're laughing so hard, it's like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. Keep going, keep going. By the time you're done, you got abs all over your body. Front and back, you're just abs on your neck because you've been laughing so hard. You ever met the person whose laugh is awesome? You hear them laughing, you're like, yeah, let's keep that going. Have you seen the YouTube videos where someone posts a picture, or I'm not a picture, a video of like a one-year-old laughing at a cup? They see a cup and they're like... <laughs> I'm not going to do it because I would sound like a demon. They just start laughing. And then you see the depravity of man. The depravity of humanity is this. This kid's just laughing out of a cup. It's like, oh, so cute, so cute, so cute. That baby's ugly. <laughs> oh, my gosh, your soul is dead. So a person laughs. You're just like, oh, my gosh, you laugh. It's like angels descend to hear it. Come on, do some more. Bring Michael, Gabriel, come down, listen to this. And then there's others of you. When you laugh, demons run. <laughs> because it sounds like something's being excommunicated out of you. Eardrums are bursting, blood's pouring down. That's it, that's the noise. <laughs> I mean, no, I didn't mean to call you out, but what the heck was that? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, don't deny it, dude. Own it. Yes. <laughs> I'm just it's not his real laugh, friends. He was just trying to take the glory. Just if you're ever in mixed company, I'm telling you, guys and girls are hanging out together, laughing crazy, and all of a sudden, ladies, if one of you says this, okay, stop, stop. I'm going to pee my pants. <laughs> ladies, I promise you this. Every guy there Every guy there is thinking to themselves, challenge accepted. <laughs> Gentlemen, if I'm telling the truth, say amen. amen. There we go. <laughs> You've been warned. Isn't it amazing that God gets the reputation of being the ultimate killjoy, and yet he's the creator of joy? Isn't it amazing? We, call him the, we think of him as the ultimate killjoy, and he's the one who created laughter and fun and humor. Guys, the funniest being in all the universe is God. It's him. He created it all. Guys, he created music for our enjoyment. Guys, that view... When you come around that corner and you look out and you look at these mountains and valleys, that one gets me every time. It looks like a backdrop. Doesn't it look like it's flat? You're like, what the heck? And God's just like, ah, boom, look what I did. <laughs> but what do we picture him as? He's just a little bit better than us. 
Guys, the favor of God. What a great name. Hananiah, whom Jehovah hath favored. Mishael, his name meant or he means who is, that, who is what God is. Like, who's like our God? Followers of Jesus, are we impressed with them? Or is it just Jesus? Guys, I use these stats all the time, and I pray that if you have heard it, it reminds us. And even if we come to a point where it's like, I don't know how to talk to that God. Yes. Guys, it should get us to that point. Guys, right now we're on a planet that's spinning at 1,000 miles an hour. Guys, for those of you that got carsick on the bus, you're like, I don't want to talk about it. Guys, can you imagine if we had to feel going 1,000 miles an hour? right now. And we're going 1,000 miles an hour. We're also going around the sun at 66,000 miles an hour. Guys, that is the worst teacup ride ever. <laughs> While we're going 1,000 miles an hour and going around the sun at 66,000 miles, the sun, uh, 66,000 miles per hour, the sun and the nine planets, yes, Pluto. I know science teachers are like, ah, uh, it got kicked out. No. <laughs> I'm in rebellion. I love Pluto. Pluto. That's what I'm talking about. The rebellion. <laughs> we should just make shirts. Pluto forever. And they go, oh, it's a dwarf planet. It's too small. I'm like, oh, shut up. It's bigger than you. <laughs> so I'm sticking to it. Don't quote me. It's like, um, I know there's a test. The speaker said, yeah, but he's an idiot. Okay, it's true. Guys, 1,000 miles an hour. Going around the sun is 66,000 miles an hour. While that's happening, the sun and the nine planets are going around the nucleus of the Milky Way galaxy 540,000 miles an hour. What makes you think you're in control of anything? Guys, we're just hoping we don't crash. Guys, our Milky Way galaxy is about 120,000 light years. That means you have to go 186,000 miles per second for 120,000 years, and you'll get from one end to the other. And our Milky Way galaxy of one, is one of hundreds of billions of galaxies in the known universe, the universe which is ever-expanding. And all of those hundreds of billions of galaxies all have hundreds of billions of stars in each of them. And the Bible says, that God just said, let there be. In the book of, in, in the Psalms, it says that out of his breath came all the starry hosts. That means that when Jesus exhaled, he's like, Pah. oh, there's the sun. You can fit 1.3 million earths inside the sun. It's 93 million miles away from us. So tomorrow when you get up, you go to breakfast, you come out, and you start to feel the heat Later on in the morning, realize that heat is traveling 93 million miles. Guys, the closest that we can get to the exhale of God is 93 million miles. Any closer and we would die. And he just said, Pah. And then we come to us. Guys, do you realize there are 75 trillion cells in each of our bodies? And every three seconds, 50,000 of those die off and are replaced by 50,000 new ones. Out of those 75 trillion cells, they all each have this thing called DNA. All the science teachers are like, I'm taking notes. You're not supposed to say all this. You're wrong. Hang in there. I think I'm pretty close. It's about six feet long. If I take a DNA strand out of one cell and stretch it, about six, it's about six feet long. Guys, that's a blueprint that says this is, what, this is who you are. This is what you look like. This is how tall you are, how vertically challenged you are. How much hair you have, how follically challenged you are. All the things that you are. He's like, I'm going to type this out. 
Friends, if we took the DNA out of every cell and tied it end to end, that's enough DNA to go from here to the moon and back 178,000 times. So when the Bible says you are fearfully and wonderfully made, God knit you together in your mama's womb. It wasn't an accident. Guys, then we can look at the rest of creation. Guys, did you know there's hundreds of different types of bananas? I thought there were two. I thought there was organic and non-organic. Like, that's all I thought. And the organic ones are always more expensive. Do you realize that God made taste buds? That's awesome. I got two places to just, I'll just put these out there. In and out? Anyone? Be honest, how many of you sucked on the cheese paper when you're done with the burger? Anybody? There you go. Psychos. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Here's the other one. Chick-fil-A. There's always one. That's okay. Isn't it amazing how much you want Chick-fil-A sauce on a Sunday? And you go, oh, the persecution. He made taste buds. He didn't have to, but he did. You know there's dozens of different types of tomatoes? I had no clue. Guys, I read this one. Do you realize that there are 228 distinct mu muscles in the head of a caterpillar? Whose job was that? It's like, oh, guys. Can you imagine he's all excited when he leaves work or leaves home, looks at his wife? Today's the day, babe. Oh, are you counting the muscles of the head of the caterpillar? Yes. He walks out, walks to work, sits at the table, under the microscope, just starts counting one, two, three. He gets to 200 and 221. Someone bumps his chair. What the? One, two, three. Like, whose job was that? And God just created it. Zebra, because he made zebras. Did you know? I don't, and I don't know how the, the, the experts know this, but it's like, do you know why? The zebra, mama zebra takes baby zebra away after baby zebra is born. You know why? And I'm sitting there going, I feel like you have to ask the zebra, but they can't speak your language. So they're, I feel like they're guessing, but I feel like they can kind of look at the, they can observe what's going on. Mama zebra takes baby zebra away for a certain amount of time. Why? So mama zebra can memorize the stripes of mom, which I think is a very gracious and wonderful thing. Because can you imagine being a baby zebra? You pop out and you're looking around going, uh-oh. And you walk up to one, mom, no, I'm a guy. Oh, sorry about that. It's like, oh. And then God made a hippo. What the heck? You ever look at a hippopotamus and go, did you sneeze in the middle? Like, what was that? <laughs> Guys, all the old people, ready? Old people, ready? Remember the, remember the game, Hungry, Hungry Hippo? Yeah. Oh, the young people get it too. There's no app for this. Guys, this is what we did. It's like, okay, guys, everyone loves a hippo. Everyone, let's make a board game, put Hippo heads, <laughs> four of them, different colors, because that'll get them. <laughs> Throw some marbles, same color. I see where you're going with this genius. Put them in the middle, and then you just start pounding. Like, <laughs> and we're like, I love this game. And we just like, I just want to cuddle up next to a hippo. Guys, do you realize that more people die from being eaten by a hippo every year than by lions? Why? Because hungry, hungry hippo.
God put all that together. So in Mishael, his name means who is what God is. Followers of Jesus, I think you need to be reminded and answer the question. And look at what he's created because creation is screaming about the grandeur and the majesty of God. The heavens declare the glories of God. Isn't it amazing that it's just Jesus? And maybe for some, guys, I'm never going to downplay the way that maybe life has thrown you a curveball and it hurts. And guys, we have a choice when that happens. We can run to him or run away from him. But many of you are blaming him. You're saying, ah, you're not good at being God. Isn't it amazing how easy it is for us to question whether or not God is good or great, but we can't even keep our rooms clean. And so we'll blame him, all the while missing out on the fact that God's like, if you don't see the good in it yet, it's because I'm not finished with it yet. If you don't see the good in it yet, hang in there. Trust me, because I'm not done with it yet. Guys, these little teenage guys, guys, they're experiencing discipline from the Lord, and they weren't the main culprits. We're all sinners, and they're sinners. But they're being led into captivity because of the mistakes of people older than them. But as we see throughout the story, friends, they were faithful. Azariah, his name means this, whom Jehovah helps. Whom Jehovah helps. Guys, do you realize that God wants to help? The Holy Spirit, his name is helper. He wants to help you. He wants to help us. And so that's why I asked you in the beginning, will you give him a week? And for those, guys, I know my heart. For those who say, nah, why not? And I think maybe it's this, just my opinion. And if I'm wrong, you can come up and tell me. I think it's because you're afraid that God might actually show up and change you. And you don't want to be changed. It's easier to be angry with someone than to actually come to, like, especially God. It's easier to be angry to him or angry with him than actually come to him. Because we want to do what we want to do. They tried to change the names. Why? Do you realize that every name that they were given was a way to get them to stop thinking of their own God and start thinking of all the false gods of the people, of the Chaldeans, of the Babylonians? We get you to stop thinking of who you are in your God and start thinking of our God. So they changed their name to fit the worship of these false gods. In other words, if we can change their identity, we can change the way that they think. And if we can change the way that, we th that they think, I'm sorry, that they think, then we can change the way that they behave. And friends, that attack is still happening today. It hasn't changed. It won't change. That's why I'm saying, followers of Jesus, do you know who you are because of whose you are? Followers of Jesus, if I say this, you are... Because you surrendered your life to the lordship of Jesus, you are forgiven. You're forgiven for past sin, present, and future because you're in Christ. When God, the Father, looks upon you, he looks at you through the lens or the filter of Jesus. And you are seen as holy and blameless. You're redeemed. You are purchased. You are bought back. You are rescued. Guys, you know what that tells me? I remember being here once and calling students to commit to Christ, to surrender their lives to the lordship of Jesus. 
And all of a sudden you see kids standing up and at the end, I usually, I usually go to the back and I just sit there and just watch what God's doing. And a young man caught me, he's about 15. He caught me before I got back there. He goes, Brian, can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? He's getting a little teary. I was like, absolutely, buddy. But it wasn't a question. He, just makes, he makes a statement. He goes, Brian, I don't, I don't feel worthy. <laughs> a little chin quiver. And I looked at him and said, you're not. You're like, and his eyes go, okay, thanks. And he starts to walk away. And I grabbed him and I said, no, no, come, come here. Dude, you're not, we're not worthy. But the cross is God's declaration. You're worth it. You're worth it. Followers of Jesus, you're beyond value. You pass from being sinners to saints. Gentlemen, you become sons of the living God. Valiant warriors of the king. Ladies, you become daughters of the king. Valiant warriors of the king. Not just sitting there, I got a little wand, I'm a little princess. Ah. <laughs> Ladies, be a lioness for Jesus. Like, get in the fight. Like, God has called us. Guys, we become warriors for the king. Our identity's completely changed. I don't need to be validated by a human, and yet I will still struggle with it. Why? Anybody else struggle with insecurity besides myself? Who else struggles with it? And right now you're sitting there going, did I raise my hand okay? <laughs> the world wants to change us into the culture. Guys, when we know who we are in Jesus, then our desire is so that they would come to Christ and be changed and transformed and brought into relationship and fellowship with the king because that's why we were made. We were made to love, to follow, to be with Jesus. The world can change our identity, but it changes our identity, it changes the way we think, it changes the way we think, it changes the way we behave. But friends, this isn't an us against them thing. The Bible says that we, we are, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of this dark world. As I said before in the beginning, friends, our battle is not against the world, our battle is for the world. We want people, we want those without Christ to come to Jesus. Those of you who are here that don't have a relationship with Jesus, I dare you, give them the week. I double dog dare you. What can you lose? If at the end he doesn't do it, it's on him. I can't, I couldn't change it if I wanted to. Give him a week. Come on, give him a week. That means engage in chapel. Engage in the times if you're in small groups and you're answering questions and asking questions. Engage in what's presented before you. When you go out and do rec or whatever it is that you're doing, when you go play, realize it's still worship. All of it's worship of the one who breathed out the sun and the one who knows you by name. Friends, we're going to go back into one last song. For those of you who are followers of Jesus, I don't want to try to make up this experience. But I will ask you to do this. I want to challenge those of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus, young and old. Everyone in the room, let's worship Jesus in a manner worthy of Jesus. Because a lot of times it's like, that just doesn't do it for me. Like that doing that thing doesn't do it for me. Yeah, but worship isn't about me. It's about him. What pleases him? Say, Brian, I don't have a good voice. Oh, get loud. It says make a joyful noise, not a good one. You'll be fine. It's like, I can't sing, rap. 
Wrap that thing out. Get it out. Why? Because Jesus is sitting there going, give me more. Give me more. Give me more. Guys, he loves when we worship. He loves when we praise him. Be different. Because everybody's trying to be. Be different. Followers of Jesus, this is the opportunity. Let's engage. This is our time. For those of you who aren't followers of Jesus, engage. What if he meets you in such a powerful, personal, life-transforming way because you decided, I'll give it a shot? Can I pray for y'all? Can we do me a favor? Can we stand as we pray? Kind of old school, church style. Let's pray. Let's pray. Jesus, you are worthy. You're worthy. God, I pray that you would help us live and walk and breathe in who we are in you and in our true identities. God, we wouldn't be ashamed of you. Jesus, you're worth it. You're worth everything. You're worth it. God, thank you for our time and the opportunity we get to be up here together. God, I thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you for what you want to do. Help us. God, in this time, to you be all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor for you alone are worthy. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone who agrees says, amen. Love you all more than you know.